Steve. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons. Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever we want to learn about. About whatever things we are interested in knowing about. This week, some language. Yeah, always. And a, li- a little bit of sex, but not really. No, we just like mention porn. Yeah. And hot chips. Indeed. <laughs> hot. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> Hello, David. How are you, mate? I am well. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, you asked me. Uh, I was very specific about what I wanted to know this week. I think I said, I want to know why you yawn yep. when other people do. Yep. And other weird and strange facts about the human body and brain. And you also asked about one of oh, the other sub-questions. For was, example. Yes. Why do I hate coriander? Okay. So those are two very different <laughs> questions. So, but that's a brain body thing. You know, my link was like, yeah. Why do you love coriander and I hate coriander? Indeed, those are okay. So we'll do the sneezing thing first. Yawning. Yawning. Why did I do? I googled that as well. I put in sneezing instead of yawning, and why I was do people like, sneeze? Yeah. Why I sneeze? Fucking yeah. So bizarre. So okay, yawning. Yes. Yawning is contagious. It is. That's a fact. This much we know. But um, what is the answer to why that happens? Unsatisfyingly, we don't really know. Oh. We don't really know, which is weird when you think about it, that it's such a, like, cornerstone of human experience <laughs> that everybody has Love, had. sex. Ex- yawning. Yawning. <laughs> everybody has had it. Um, scientists have, of course, come up with a funny name for it. It's oh. part of an echo phenomena. Okay. Which is, uh, and and it's specifically an echo praxis where it's a behaviour that you echo. Right? Ah, so I see it and I copy it. You, it's an echo thing, right? Are there other echo, was it echo practice? Uh, absolutely. You can, and there are less obvious ones. Yawning is more an involuntary thing that you can't control. Yes. But it's been proven time and time again that if I touch my chin or scratch my nose that you will find that you want to scratch ah, your nose as well. well. That's what they say about um, when you're feeding someone else, mm. that you can't not open your own mouth when yep. you are putting food into someone else's mouth. So it's like the mirroring of the action of wanting what you want them to do, your body ends up doing. Absolutely. And that's why one of the main reasons why scientists think this exists is because it is such a powerful teaching tool. To pass on oh, to oh, so young. it's a pack thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I. Our brain lights up, and we learn more effectively if if we can see someone doing it by observing. That makes sense. So they've done weird experiments where this is like. <laughs> is this like? Well, are we going back to rats in jackets? No, we're not going back to rats in jackets. <laughs> but like, let's look at how we can teach people to dance. Oh. And funnily enough, looking and reading about dancing. You don't learn as effectively as if you watch someone fucking dance. Isn't that amazing? Wow. That was research that was funded. (laughs) Um, So All the choreographers are like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Funnily enough, chimps and dogs have the exact same thing where they can copy you. So they can mimic each other. Yeah, and we can mimic them. We get cross-species echoing all the time. Love that. Happens all the time. Um, And... There's a bunch of different reasons. 
One is boring in its context. If yes. you yawn and I see you yawn and I'm also tired, it reminds my body that I'm tired, but, so I, I yawn, yawn as well, so okay. it's contextual. Or if I see you eating hot chips and I'm hungry and I'm like, I hot really chips would hot be chips. fucking awesome yes. and I want hot chips, right? All those sorts of things happen. Yeah. Are you now having a moment where you are like, I really want a neon green fringe? Yes. <laughs> also, I'm tired and I want hot chips. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. <laughs> uh, reading about this and researching this, I cannot tell you the amount of times I wanted to yawn. And if you stifle it, and all our listeners will want to yawn now as well, and if yeah. you stifle a yawn, it, it, you can't fight it. Like you can't your, fight a yawn. Your body will naturally, your urge to yawn David, will be stronger. David, that's a great name for a band, Fight a Yawn. <laughs> What music band? could they play? Fight a yawn. Fight a yawn. I think it's like indie, yeah. funny pop. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. When you think about it, I didn't find research for this, but I also thought, because I'm never that far away from thinking about pornography, but I was like, <laughs> this is how porn works too. You watch it and you want to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you watch it and you get turned on Don, by it. that's exactly right. As long as you're ha- as long as you... Uh, you know, haven't immediately had sex beforehand, or it's the same thing. Yes. Contextually, if the, if you have the capability within you to feel a little horny, then if the you have the capability to... in you to feel a little horny, that's the title. That's the first lyric of my of... erotic poem. <laughs> <laughs> of Fighting Dawn's opening track on their opening album. Um, yeah, that's what it is, though, because so, you can go into you can not you can have the propensity to get horny, but watch porn like and not feel like you want to watch porn and then watch porn and be like, oh, oh, actually, I feel like doing it. Now. I feel like doing it now. Okay, so that's that. Okay, now so there's contextual. There's the other thing. So that, is my hate of coriander linked to me watching porn? Not at all. It's a separate <laughs> separate topic. Although maybe um, you may have seen some really distasteful, ugly coriander porn. porn. <laughs> and decided you don't like um, coriander. The thing that people get excited about is mirror neurons okay. in the brain. And these are... Mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. <laughs> these are part of your brain that light up yep. when you see someone doing something else. Right. And, and so... That you know you could do is that kind of... Yeah. You don't even have to do it. So if you yawn, yep. then my brain acts... As if I am yawning, watching you. Or you've had this experience more acutely when you see someone stub their toe or hurt themselves. Or when you and feel wincy. In fact, you right then, your face changed and a part of your brain lit up just by imagining that. Oh right? my God. So that's what mirror neurons do. They mirror and act the and experience. react. And your brain doesn't know the difference. Right yes. between it, it, it being real or not. not, and for some experiences, that's very true. Which is why daydreaming and imagination is very important. Indeed, to the way that we feel. It's also why PTSD is so complicated. <laughs> why are you laughing at PTSD sufferers? Because I go to manifest your reality. Here we are, you Daydream, and me. Daydream. You, yeah. you, you want a million dollars. Imagine what having a million dollars will feel like. Imagine when you live in your home with your pink smeg fridge and your inf- That's this is. Meanwhile, just my I'm like PTSD, and you're like, PTSD is fucked. PTSD is really real. hard to drop. Um, so mirror neurons react this way, right? Because in a PTSD, someone who's suffering from PTSD, the experience feels real. Yeah, that's part of the P- is that your brain and your body keeps Don't experiencing know it that it's as if a it's memory. real and doesn't recall right. that it's a memory. Right, right, right. right. Of course. Um, 
And uh, this makes up a fair chunk of the human experience. It makes up our memory. Like we remember things and we have attachment, positive and negative things. And then we store things in our bodies based on those memories. So mirror neurons gets into some pretty fruity parts of science. There's no, there's no real conclusive. (laughs) Mirror neurons (laughs) get into some fruity parts of science, folks. You can get into some corners on the internet where it's like, well, this is the basis for all of empathy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say before. And you can go the other step and like, well, this is the basis for telepathy and ESP and this is the psychic part of our brains and all that, which is fun to think about, but of course science hasn't proven. Science hasn't even proven really how empathy works in any conclusive way. But it feels like it would be loose to this. Totally, absolutely. The idea that there are parts of our brain that, that light up and react just from watching behavior or thinking about behavior would tend yeah. to be the backbone of kind of, of empathy. S- sympathetic and Because even if experience. you haven't experienced something yourself, you can relate to absolutely to what that would feel like. Or absolutely. you can make assumptions based on the experiences you've had. And filmmakers had. do this all the time. When yeah. you watch someone hurt themselves or even when you watch someone do something impossible like fly through the sky, yes. you feel at anywhere between a low grade to a high grade intensity feeling of what yes, that person is Yes, and then you feel stressed or, yeah. or Even when you know it's not real. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how we found out about mirror neurons was, of course, experimenting on monkeys. And we found out about it in the Classic. 90s. So it's fairly recent neurological science, right? Which is that... And they experiment on monkeys because they're so close to humans? Correct. Wow. And they put um, uh, electrodes in the monkey's brains, yeah. as you do. On specific neurons, and then they ate food in front of the monkeys, and the monkeys part of their brain that lights up when they're eating something lights up. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's all these kind of you can go into the corridors of science about this. Uh, they they would work if a hu- human grabbed food. If they saw a human grab food, then their mirror neurons would light up. Eating. But if they saw a human using a tool to grab the food, it wouldn't light up, right? So it had to be someone doing it, right? Um, Which is their experience. Yeah. And so all of this is about learning and teaching. This is the effective way to teach people how to do things. And as a parent of infants and young children recently, I can say it's absolutely what you said before about feeding kids or feeding someone. You can't help but open your mouth and all that stuff. You find yourself kind of constantly copying or there's other studies where it's like parents will copy the sounds that their child makes and the child will attempt to copy the sounds the parents make and it's a constant feedback mechanism to each other of like this is how you sound this is how i sound what am i you know you're trying to copy me i'm trying to copy you that's how you learn language right so where does empathy come in? Bottom line is the research is inconclusive. We don't really understand the mechanisms for all of that or the limits of mirror neurons or what they do and what happens in the brain. Bottom line is we just know, what, to bring back to your yawning thing, we just know that yawning, yawning is contagious. And yep, and it that, makes me want to yawn because something's going off in my brain. And it's, and it's the most kind of easily reachable example of something that we see all the time yeah. where if you see someone doing something then you're more likely to do it it's how peer pressure works they've yes. done stupid you see stupid things like pranks and stuff where it's like a person walks into the elevator and if the elevator is crowded but everybody in the elevator is facing the wrong yes, way it, then the person, person will gradually that's how peer pressure works right we want to be in with the crowd we mimic and we yeah 
Yeah, wow. Yeah. Because we, we, yeah, right. We have a community mentality or a pack mentality. Yeah. I do it all the time where, well, I haven't done it in a while. You pressure people. Yeah, I manipulate people <laughs> for my own means. Um, but when I'm interviewing people about sensitive topics that I do sometimes for writing, I did find that if I mirrored the person's body language, then oh. they would immediately start opening up and feeling more comfortable. Because they saw something me. in you yeah. reflected back. That's fascinating. Yeah. Or as a teacher in a classroom. Yeah. Or as a director or a leader in any sort of space. Yes. You dictate the energy. You are responsible for the energy. Yes, People but look you are also you. reading the energy yeah. off of the space and the room. So you mirror it and you can start to transform it then. And yeah, you find a group kind of dynamic and a group way. Yeah. yeah. All of this is shit that science doesn't really understand. Just, so, which is when fruity is, science comes that. in, fruity science comes in and goes, well, it's energy and it's like, um, outside influences that we don't understand and all the yes. ESP stuff and da, 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 which is fun. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's where I went with yawning. Love that. So there you go. Okay. Tell me why I hate coriander. Well, again, we don't really know why everybody's <laughs> taste is different. Um, okay. So there are three main ways we learn. Okay. To like or dislike flavors. Ah. Okay. One is called flavor nutrient learning. Okay. Where we have positive associations between the flavor of a given food and what that food does to our bodies. Right. Which makes sense. And the opposite would be true. If you have a, um, if you eat manure yes. and go, that makes me feel awful, then you're going to like. I don't want to eat that. I again. don't want to eat that. Whereas if you have chocolate as a kid, you go, that makes me feel great. I want to eat chocolate again. All the time. Right. Right. Okay. Simple, simple, simple. Um, and then there's taste flavor learning. Yes. Where we associate a given flavor with one we already like. Ah, uh, okay. So if we taste something and go, oh, that tastes... I loved a, that. That tastes a bit like maple syrup or that tastes a bit like ice cream but a bit different or that tastes... Yes. Then we go, okay, well, I like that then. So we have a flavor positive experience of it already. Indeed. Or conversely, if we eat something and it reminds us of something else... If, we go, ooh, yeah. If you eat coriander that. and go, that just tastes like grass, which is yes. what you've said to me a lot, mm. then you go, well, I'm not interested in it. I'm not then. interested in the grass. And finally, there's social learning... Um, which is just culture, and we, we like what our friends and parents like. Yes. So you can be an Indian baby and eat spicy food from yep. six months old um, or any any kind of culture, c- yep. culture other than white people yep. around the world. You feel a certain level of comfort with... Because that's um, just what you eat. That's what you eat. Um, and, um, but, it, uh, yeah, and... If you don't have that, then you don't have that. Yeah. So I don't know where your dislike of coriander comes Isn't from. Isn't it an enzyme thing? And oh it's a God. genetic thing? What, taste profiles? Yeah. Really? So I've, I've, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently there's a thing where genetically you have an enzyme that's passed on to you from a parent. Oh. And then that reacts to coriander in a way. Oh, I didn't like, uncover Ugh. that. So, it, so my dad also hates it. Yeah, right. So it's, it's potentially a thing that I got from my dad. I just typed into Google, why do I hate? <laughs> what these came are, up? <laughs> these are the things that Google auto-completed. Why do I hate myself? Why <laughs> do I hate one. everyone? Oh, good. Why do I hate my life? Why do I hate Christmas? Oh. Why do I hate my birthday? <laughs> why do I hate the way I look? People, 
Google normal things like, why do I hate coriander? <laughs> um, why do I hate myself? Uh, I know. Is it, you're right. There's a genetic link. Yeah. Why does cilantro, which is Americans' fancy way of saying coriander, taste like soap to some people? That's does it. it taste like soap? It's soapy. And it's the only thing I can taste. Really? <laughs> The issue is genetic. These people have... I'm reading from Botanica.com. These people have a variation in a group of olfactory receptor genes that allows them to strongly perceive the soapy-flavoured aldehydes in cilantro leaves. This genetic quirk is usually only found in a small percent of the population, though it varies geographically. Interesting places where cilantro is especially popular, such as Central America and India, have fewer people with these genes, which might explain how the herb was able to become such a mainstay in those regions. East Asians have the highest incidence of this variation, with some studies showing that nearly 20% of the population experiences soapy-tasting coriander. There is some evidence that cilantrophobes can overcome their aversion (laughs) with repeated exposure to the herb, especially if it is crushed rather than served yeah, whole. Yeah, I can. I've gotten better, so I can. I can have it if there's a like a little bit, or if it's a balanced flavor in a dish. Why? But if there is a turning point where if there's just that bit too much, I bloody it's love all it. All I can taste soap. That's so interesting. It's a genetic thing. And mung beans and alfalfa sprouts are in the same family for me. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Similar tastes. Do you have any foods that you hate? Uh, no, not hate hate. Not not. Uh, I have foods I prefer more than others, but I can't yeah. think of a food that I really be like. Dislike. I can't eat that. It's gross. I really, I really get. Um, no, I find myself weirdly irritated by people who go, "Oh no, I just don't eat that." Why are you allergic to it? Do you have some? No, mm. I just don't like. I I find that like. That annoys you. That annoys me. <laughs> I don't know why. I find Is that because irritated. you don't have have anything that you don't like? Yeah. So you can't empathise with that experience. Yeah. I also... Suck it up. Stop being Stop being shit. It's like it's food in front of you. What, yes. What you... Position of privilege to go, I don't like that. Yeah. Your coriander is the only it, thing that I'm like... If it tastes like soap, it tastes like soap. That's fine. I know a lot of people have texture things, so like the texture of a food they don't like. Doesn't sit well with you. Well, your taste also changes as you grow. Mm. Um, So you will like sugar more as a young person. Right. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's those moments now where you eat something and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. And that is about, sorry, I'm finding my research, that is about the way a young body processes food sure. and the metabolism and the enzymes that are created and blah, 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 blah. Cause blah. I used to not like tomato oh, yeah. flavor, like the flavor of tomato, anything yeah. like spaghetti bolognese or though that it felt too rich when I was young. Yeah. Right. But now I love that. Yeah. Right. It's like kids who don't like olives and then you eat olives later in and life. You and love you're it. Like, I fucking love olives. Well, you tend to enjoy salt, like the heavy saltiness more as you grow up and you tend to eat, and want more vegetables as you grow older. Yes. And we don't really understand why, because evolutionarily, we're kind of predisposed to not liking bitterness. Like, yeah. we don't want to have bitterness. But as we grow older and we get more used to it, we will... We want more we of want it. We want more of it. Because evolutionarily, we want sugar, because sugar in honey or sugar mm. in berries you find or sugar in fruit is more likely to keep you alive, keep your energy yes, up, and, and get you ready to run away from a predator or whatever. Yep. Right, which is why we like sweet things because sweet things give us a nice high, and then we can run away from the bear. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> for all of those moments where in inner city Brisbane. Yeah, and there's a bear nearby. Bears. Yeah. Uh, so As in like a gay man that's with right. a beard. <laughs> inner city Brisbane, not so much. The valley, some parts of the valley or New Farm, I think you'll find some bears. Uh, Claire, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned... Pretty diverse the, range of things. Diverse range. So it's my dad's fault that I don't like coriander. Bloody dad. Um, I've also learned about we that we don't read... There's still things aren't answered about our capacity for empathy yeah. or the weird little things that we do that make us interesting as human beings. Yeah. But I love that. I love that we still don't know shit. Oh, yeah. I find that interesting. Um, and that... We yawn because we 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 see we see our behaviour replicated in someone else, Indeed. which is a nice idea. It is. I really want to yawn now, though, and I've avoided it. Me too. Doing it on the podcast. I want to sleep, watch porn, and eat hot chips, <laughs> which is not that different That's to any I've other learned. day of my life. <laughs> sleep, watch porn, and eat hot. Yeah. That's like every day. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being my mate, Claire. Thanks for being my mate. Dad. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your you, friends tell yeah. your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you claire people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.